Welcome to WDFG, Dear Final Girl Radio, the advice and horror podcast where life problems have an answer. Now here are your hosts, Lori and Tamara. And we're going. Hi, Final Girl. Hi, Final Girl. How the hell have you been? Oh, I've been great. I've been great. Uh, I like your Nasty Woman t-shirt. Thank you. I want one. This is one that I like. I want to wear it to work, but then I usually put another shirt over it so that people aren't, like, uh, offended and uh, accosted by my, like, fuck this guy attitude. <laughs> so. Well, you know, if you have, like, a little blazer or cardigan, yeah. cardigan they'll just see the A-S and the O-M, and it'll be like <laughs> ass-om, you yeah. know? <laughs> Much less offensive. Uh, but also very true. Assy <laughs> I love it. I want like one. Yoga mantra. Um, I want one. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. I definitely want one. I know what somebody's getting for Christmas. Uh, but And you know, we talked on an earlier podcast about how, you know, who you are can be reflected, you can choose to reflect it through your clothing or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I am a nasty woman. <laughs> I just need to start letting the world know that yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. It, just, it feels that way. So, yeah. okay. Cool. Well, uh, hi, everybody. It's Tamara. And it's Lori. And we, we are, are your dear, dear final, final girls. girls. It's wonderful to be back with you guys. Yeah, yeah. We had to take a little break. I mean, you know, in podcast world, it doesn't matter, like, that everything is just week after week, right? I was thinking that. I was like, I was like, I know that we're going to start this episode by doing our long lost greetings. (laughs) And like Murphy's Law will be, this will be our first episode that we actually drop and it'll be like, what the fuck y'all, whatever, we don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Podcast world is like, it's so in media race, you know, like you just... You just drop in and um, figure out what's going on. But if that's the case, maybe we should do a a quick summary of what we're doing here. Yes. Yeah, concept. Yeah, in in case this ends up being the very first episode. Right. Um, So, yes. So, um, I, I love horror movies. And um, Tamara is one of my dearest friends. (laughs) And uh, while she is not as rabid uh, about horror films as I am, uh, I conscripted her. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I've studied horror a lot, you know, read a lot about it from different um, kind of almost like a literary criticism Mm -hmm, perspective. mm -hmm. Anyway, which court, is what my background is in, yes. by the way. So, so we're see, yes, we come to you two very educated people. <laughs> yes. I swear, yes. So legitimacy, we yeah. have legitimacy. Uh-huh. Um, any, so one of the core concepts of of seventies and eighties slashers that was introduced by a woman named Carol Clover is the concept of the final girl. Final girl is the one who survives. Um, all of her friends die. Yeah. She has the misfortune of discovering all their bodies in rapid succession mm-hmm. after thinking generally that things were, you know, prob- going along fine. Yeah. And, um, but it, you know, they they've, have been hunted by, by some 
you know, unknown killer. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, motivations are are unknown or just not even there. We just have a psycho on our hands. Mm-hmm. The final girl is the one who survives. The prototypical final girl doesn't have, she you know, I, that Adam Ant's song, you know, like Goody Two Shoes. She 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 mm-hmm. don't drink. She don't smoke. What do she what do? do she do? <laughs> what do she do? Um, she don't have sex. Um, yeah. And it is these qualities that 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 put her somehow align her in this role of the survivor. Of right. course, right. we we blow that to shit on this podcast. Right. As does modern life. As does any of the slashers. Once you get, you know, you start getting into the into the nineties mm-hmm. and beyond, and it's it's not that. It's not that rigid model anymore, but we like to use that as our foundation. But all that to say, Dear Final Girl um, was born out of a realization that, you you know, these movies have things to teach, and and we want to help people. Right. And, And that the Final Girl survives because... Not because she's a virgin and not because she doesn't drink right. or smoke. She survives because there is something within her that is making her a survivor. Yeah. And so tapping into that sort of thing is really important for us as women, as yeah. human beings, as um, and as friends. Like, you know, you can't always see it as your, in yourself, but you can help to see it in somebody else and that's what we're trying to do here that is what we're trying to do and also present make it extremely clear that survival doesn't have to look a particular way yeah you can be a complete and absolute fucking mess but if you are (laughs) but put one foot in front of the other keep putting one foot in front of the other because it it, it, it's going to get prettier it's yeah. gonna look better, mm-hmm. um, but so so we um, we've put this concept out and solicited letters from people. That is the basis of Dear Final Girl. Right. Um, we're taking people's letters, you know, text messages, you know, <laughs> DMs, <laughs> various yeah. means of communication. Right. They're writing into us, and we read we read the letter and we think about oh, like. What movie is this? Mm-hmm. I mean, this makes us think of a particular film, a particular final girl. And then we we use that to to help to help the person who has written to us mm-hmm. and to do that through our own life experience and also through like what the film that we're focusing on suggests. So a little, that's a little bit of everything, isn't mm-hmm. it? But somehow we do it in like 45 to 50 minutes. <laughs> I don't know how we do that, but we do. Yeah. Um, well, I think that talking about the final girl really makes me think about uh, this week's movie that we put together. So let's, you know, just dive in. Yeah. I want, will you read the letter this I time? I will sure. I want you to read the letter. Surely read the letter. Dear final girl. I've got a lot going on in my life right now. I'm about to live on my own for the first time and my parents, wait, and my parents and they have all, okay, okay. I'm about to live on my own for the first time and my parents have all these ideas about how I'm going to support myself, what I'm supposed to do with my life, who my friends are, who I date, and I can't take it anymore. I have these same questions too. 
I don't know what's more overwhelming, the fact that I'm still trying to figure it all out or that they don't seem to want to let me do it on my own. I even wonder why I'm writing this letter to you. I mean, do I want to figure it out on my own or what? Thanks for listening. Janie in the middle of everything. I have chill bumps. Yeah? I mean, you know, okay. I am 47 years old. I'm, I'm a long way from the kind of visceral mm-hmm. feeling of these kinds of questions when you're like 18 to 24 right or even i mean it's but but these questions don't really ever go away they just change yeah yeah they just change but it did make when 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 we thought about like okay this is someone who's got some problems and she's like wanting to she's about to change her environment and is trying Mm -hmm. to figure things out Mm -hmm. we thought about friday Friday the the 13th 13th. and maybe i mean oh my god i I always feel like this kind of guilt like is there always like a better movie that we could pick but we just came off friday the 13th Mm -hmm. and um every time i watch that movie i discover a little bit like i discover more depth right and I will I will clarify also that we tend to talk about um, in a franchise we tend to talk about the first film because mm-hmm. we're focusing a lot now on like seventies and eighties slashers mm-hmm. but nineties also because we did scream yeah um, but so we are talking about the the original film mm-hmm. not like the full cycle right but I you know I read this letter and I thought about Alice I mm-hmm. thought about yeah. I thought about Alice. Um, who is the final girl? Who is the final Friday girl? The yeah, and so one thing that we, as we before we explore the letter, I I've done something rather shocking this week, Tina. Ooh, go on. I actually wrote a plot summary. <laughs> I wrote a plot summary of this movie. Ooh, I'm so impressed. Okay, so and impressed. I've been kind of working on this announcer voice kind of. Things. So you want me to hit it? Yeah, absolutely. Go okay. For it. So for those of you out there who have never ever seen or maybe even heard of the movie called Friday the Thirteenth, well, I mean, if that's <laughs> if that's true, stop right now. Look it up on Wikipedia. Maybe don't. Anyways, no, <laughs> yeah. don't stop. Don't it's, stop listening to yeah, us. Yes. Listen to us. Yeah, listen to us. Okay. <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth. Six young adults head to Camp Crystal Lake to be summer counselors for a group of inner city children. Unaware that the locals call the place Camp Blood after a series of tragedies and misfortunes strike the property. A young boy's drowning at the original summer camp in 1957. Two horny murdered teenagers who weren't doing nothing (laughs) were then murdered, but were then murdered mid-coitus by a mystery killer. Plus some bad water problems and the apparent mental and financial ruin of the parents of one Steve Christie who is now rehabbing and reopening the camp. He gets cheap teenage labor to help him, and they in turn get a free place to live and fuck for the summer. (laughs) Or so they think. Right. 
but someone doesn't want them there. Someone doesn't want to dredge up Crystal Lake's memories. One by one, that someone slaughters the entire staff, except for sole survivor Alice, who left the city to get away from her problems and found a whole bunch more in the woods of New Ooh. Jersey. You can find all kinds of problems in New Jersey. That Listen, was like her yeah. first mistake. <laughs> right there. Right. I mean, right. but okay, that's a choice. Oh, so. goodness. Yeah, so, you know... <laughs> Sorry. running from your problems yeah running yeah. running from your problems running for your problems or maybe more accurately in this case because with Janie you know in Janie's letter it, maybe it's not so much that she's not Janie we, it doesn't sound like you're running from your problems but you're about to have a change in your environment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's triggering you have the exist you have the existing set of drivers that mm-hmm. are want leading you to want to be on your own yeah and it's kicking up it's kicking up a lot of stuff for you and in addition to that you are about to be on your own you mm-hmm. are about to to bring those things that you're those questions you're struggling with into your own new environment mm-hmm. so those were those were you know, some of the things that, you know, that I think we both really focused on first. Yeah. Um, and I think Alice is really important in this because at the beginning of the movie, Alice is like hanging a gutter or something. And yep. Steve comes over and he finds her notebook and she's like, I may not stay here. And Steve is like, well, you know, are you going out west? And she's like, yeah, we, she wants to go out west and pursue being an artist, right? And Steve is like, well, just give it a week. Just give it a week and see how you feel. And so I wonder, I mean, in, in our sort of, in our situation with Janie's letter, it's almost like her parents are like Steve saying, just hang out for a little while until you get it figured out. Until you get it figured out. Yeah. But Alice is saying, no, I got to go. Yeah. I like, I don't even think I'm going to be here. Um, and it, uh, at the beginning, of course we have all of the context of the foreshadowing and we know like everybody saying to Annie, it's camp blood and yeah. whatever. Crazy kids, rocks in your heads. Can't believe, yeah, I can't believe they're opening that place again. Well, at least I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> no, but your your ass is about to be grass. So right. Like, yeah. Sorry, Annie. We'll talk about Annie. We'll definitely talk uh, more about yeah. Annie. Um, but sh- the the issue, I think, is that Alice knows it's time to leave, and she doesn't, mm-hmm. and because the voices of the smarter or more educated are telling her stick around just give it a give it a week and or the presumably smarter more educated more knowing right, right. the adult figures say right. just give it a week these are the things that i know will be good for you but she doesn't take into account that he's got ulterior motives yeah and Let's like let let it's not leave that point because I've I've always had questions about Steve and how like skeevy he mm-hmm. it, is he super skeevy or not I don't know and 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 what 
what what they may have done or not done in turn like what what what's the nature of their relationship yeah so like to back up just a little bit so so you know i think that this is what friday the 13th does really well is you just get these little details mm-hmm. that like i was saying add some add some depth to the characters like right. you get a lot more about the background mm-hmm. of the characters than even in like i think how i, I think halloween John Carpenter's Halloween is the superior film, but I think that the character you get a little bit more depth on the characters in Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. So in this in the scene that you were describing, what we learn is that Alice, you know, Alice has been at Camp Crystal Lake helping mm-hmm. get the place ready. She's been there alone with Steve. Um, the other, the other campers, or not the other campers, the other counselors have not arrived yet. We learn that she's come there for, for a reason. She's got, she's trying to figure some things out. Mm -hmm. So she's decided to come to this camp. The (laughs) suggestion, that's going to make a big, my cat, okay, always the cat in the background, everybody, (laughs) just know if you haven't, if you haven't. The cat is inside the cabinet. Yes. Um, So, we, we know that they, we know that, you know, they're, they're, they're learning, you know, they're learning about each other. Um, um. They're learning that you know they're they're you know forming forming a bond. Steve realizes that you know Alice is there trying to work some things right, out. Right, He's sh- starting to become a parent. She's not so sure that she's made the right decision. Right. I did think it was kind of odd because it made me wonder how long have you been there. I've mm-hmm. always wondered how long how long ha- has Alice already been at the camp because she's clearly already thinking about leaving right and and going back to like you know tack tackle whatever it was that she was trying to get away from right it made me think like she's she coming across like a little flighty Mm-hmm. Like how how long were you at the camp before you realized, oh my god, like this this really like maybe I made a mistake or this wasn't for me. I chose I'm I ch- I made the wrong choice. I don't like I can't. Yeah, and I, okay. like the undertones between her uh, her and Steve, especially when he picks up her notebook, it's like he's never seen her art before. But then it's also like they've been dating and. I, like I don't know the way that he was touching her and like physically close to her in that scene it made it seem like there was some sort of sexual relationship there but then also he's like it was almost like a hey baby stay around for a little bit longer yeah. give me another chance I know it's so I kind of like it that there's so much unclear yeah. <laughs> about about that which right. is you know much like life itself. Right, There's right. so much that's so fuzzy. But, yeah, it was like, I tended to think there's, like, maybe there, there's there's minimum, I don't think they've slept together. Uh-huh. I think there there's, like, there's some, there's some sexual, ten, there's some attraction there. Uh-huh. I get the feeling it's coming more from him. He's putting, the, he, like, is probably putting, 
would put the moves on. Yeah. She's she's maybe sitting back a little bit, but she's not but you know, I mean it's she's okay, here's the deal. He finds her sketchbook. She has clearly drawn a picture of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, when did you draw this? She says, last night. He's like, is that how I really look? That's how you look last night. Now, okay, for her, maybe he's just a... a he, he was just something yeah. to draw. Mm-hmm. But maybe for him, he thinks that means... Oh, she was looking she at was me. Draw, she uh-huh. was studying me. I know we're like a field of our letter right now, but we like to No, establish. it's okay. It's okay, yeah. We like I to mean, establish. I there, mean, there is a lot of weirdness going on in this movie. Um, like, but I think the, the thing that got me so much is that we kept coming back to Alice and... We were establishing other characters, which was great, but we kept coming back to Alice, and she was such a bad actress that I was so distracted by it. I was as well, and I've, I've, I've always, I've, and let, well, let's give some specific exam, maybe some specific examples. <laughs> um, but I've always thought the same thing, and kind of been like not wanting to voice it, especially in horror community. community. I don't. I don't think either one of us overly are overly concerned about offending people in certain mm-hmm. ways, mm-hmm. but I, I just yeah. I've always thought the same thing, and, and I love like. But as a like, I've read a lot about Adrian King, and who is the actress who played mm-hmm. Alice. So Adrian, no, no offense. You were only like twenty years old, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But but she was the weakest. She was, for the final girl, she was kind of the weakest character yeah. and kind of the weakest actress. Yeah, and so <laughs> specifically what stood out to me, and maybe it was because, I don't know, I watched this with my husband and he was, um, he was like, oh, Kevin Bacon's in this? And I was like, you know what, and, and if I hadn't seen a bunch of stuff on Twitter on, you know, Friday, September 13th, about Kevin Bacon being in it, I w- probably wouldn't have known that either. Yeah. Um, but that first scene where the kids come up in the truck, so Marcy and Jack and Ned mm-hmm. all show up in the truck, and Alice is there, and Alice kind of does this weird thing with her arms that's like oh. high school acting that I was like, She's like, okay, guys, you want to come help? And then she kind of does this, like, jazz hand (laughs) movement with her (laughs) shoulders. And I was like, what is that? (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) I don't remember that, but I want to go. It's it's so weird. Um, Now, do you think, was was it bad acting or was it if you're young and you're, I'm doing it right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like pantomiming it. Y'all yeah. can't see, but you're young, or uh, is it bad acting, or the the new kids have arrived and you're nervous because you want to establish yourself, maybe in some sort of authority role. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people do use their hands a lot when they're when they're nervous. But I need to go. I want to go back because I don't remember that. To me, that. it was like. She was directed to like be natural, and so she kind of was 
holding her arms, like stiffly holding her arms by her side and then like pulled them up like, hey, hey, <laughs> you know, and then put them down again and pulled them up like, like, I don't know what to do with my hands here. Yeah. And like, obviously, I am not the most natural actress. Um, <laughs> and so, but I, th- I'm guessing... Well, I don't. I don't even know. Like the, I, that to me was like, this is fucking weird, and kind of hoping that she would get killed first. Ha! Like, <laughs> can we please just get rid of her? And then she's there for the whole fucking movie. And which actually, towards the end, she gets a little bit better. But yeah, um, yeah. When I think about like, and and one thing you know for our listeners to know is that. We certainly prepare for our podcast, but we also we also like to fly by the seat yeah. <laughs> of our pants a little bit. So some of the revelations uh, that we that we present are revelations to us as well because they've kind of come to us oh, yeah. in the moment. But yeah, when I think when I think about when I think about Alice, and, and here's here's one thing that we definitely want to make clear. So we have our letter from Janie, and you know, then then we use a particular film. In no way are we equating our conflicted feelings about Alice <laughs> to right, Janie. No. Right. Let Let's make that Let's make that really clear. Uh, not at all, Janie. We We love you. All of our All of our Alice hangups have absolutely yeah, have nothing, nothing to do, to do with, with you. you at all. Um, so yeah, oh, but go ahead. But what I, I, I think was interesting is that the character who I felt was the foil to Alice, and we talked about this very briefly the other day. I was like, save it, save it, save it. Yeah. <laughs> is Brenda. Yeah. I love, I adore Brenda. I've always adored Brenda. Okay. So let's talk. Okay. I'm going to rattle through the characters. Okay. And then let's talk. Let, I'm gonna let's talk about this foil idea. Okay. okay. So, Steve Christie, um, camp owner. Camp owner. Alice is our final girl. They've been at the camp. Uh, we've got, as Tamara mentioned, three more counselors who arrive. We've got Jack, played by Kevin Bacon, mm-hmm. otherwise known as Bacon Sizzler, by my friend Lee, who is the <laughs> night of the horror file podcast. Bacon the Bacon Sizzler. Sizzler. His girlfriend Marcy, mm-hmm. who is clearly, you know, meant to represent the the, the sexy girl, yeah. in the film, They're, especially because the next character Ned in their <laughs> opening scene is like, "Do you think there's going to be as many sexy girls or girls as gorgeous as you, you at yeah. the camp?" It's like, it's like oh. that was such a canned line, but okay. Oh, but so that those 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 lines were uttered by Ned, who clearly needs to get some. And he's kind of the class clown. He's a class clown. He's a class clown, mm-hmm. which is a familiar character in in like a lot of a lot of these films yeah. as yeah. well. Um, so they arrive. The other uh, the other counselor we meet separately. She's actually the first one that we meet. The film opens with Annie, mm-hmm. who 
is who unfortunately never arrives because she is is the first one to get picked off, which I always thought was kind of sad because of all of them, she seems like the most purely like Mm -hmm. altruistic. Like she's like, I've got this dream. I've always wanted to like... You know, I, I mean, what I'm guessing is she wants to help kids because this kid, that's one of the that's another one of the details that I think is 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 mm-hmm. kind of can get lost easily. This camp is for is for inner city children. Um, I mean, we don't learn any more about that, just that. But it's like, you know, presumably that is to help kids maybe who are having some adjustment problems. Hey, maybe, you know, like Janie, like bringing these these kids Mm -hmm. into a different environment to kind of get them out of themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, help help them learn new skills, you know, learn... You know, understand their strengths. Yeah, understand their strengths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Annie, you know, like this is her dream to like help help kids, and and she loves to cook, and she she's like the first to go. So anyway, poor, <laughs> that's Annie. A poor Annie. Poor Annie. Um, she so that that's kind of our character, our initial character roster. Right. Oh, and freaking Brenda. Okay. Right. Because that's who we want to talk about, Brenda. So Brenda, I'm blanking at the moment as to how she she arrives she arrives separately at the camp. She's not yes. with Ned and Jack and Marcy. Um, but we meet Brenda. Brenda is fucking cool. I love <laughs> Brenda. Also, she kind of looks like Kobe Smolders. Um from How I Met Your Mother, and she's been in a billion other things, and she's got some new show coming out now. This is not a plug for her show. I just really love her. <laughs> yeah. And Max is, like, thinks that she's so sexy. And so, like, <laughs> I, and so we didn't know her name for most of the movie as we were watching, and I would say something like, oh, you know, that character. He's like, who? And I'm like... Kobe Smulders, yeah, yeah, the Kobe Smulders, Smulders girl. I'm, I might be saying her name wrong. Yeah, I just butchered it. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. No pun intended. But. <laughs> yeah, Brenda, I love Brenda. Brenda, um, Brenda is. I think Brenda is very self possessed. Mm-hmm. Brenda seems. Brenda seems to really know who she is. Brenda is like Brenda's a big okay. These are other details. Okay, Brenda is a vegan. Mm-hmm. She clearly knows a lot about diet and food. Which then I'm like, well, she could be the camp cook. She could be the cook, <laughs> but everybody's gonna be eating vegetarian if that's okay. Yeah, but um, should be fine. But there are scenes where she talks about like the absorption of vitamin C. Mm-hmm. These are just these little sidebar conversations. She talks about. Um, you know, how can you eat meat? Mm-hmm. And then there's a scene in the kitchen where they're actually, I think, they're in the kitchen. They're kind of wondering where Annie is, and that she was supposed to be a good cook. And I guess, I guess maybe the topic of meat comes up or whatever. And she's like, hey, you know, if you, if you prepare and cook, cook mm-hmm. your ingredients right, you get all the protein you need. Yeah. I just, I love Brenda. Yeah, I absolutely really love Brenda. And on top of that, She's the one that suggests strip monopoly. Another reason to love which Brenda, also like which is also strange. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like first of all, I'll be the shoe. And, 
That was another reason I love Brenda. I always want to be the shoe, too. Oh, really? yeah, I think they took away the shoe. What the fuck? Um, anyways, yeah. uh, I haven't played Monopoly since I was a little kid. Me neither. I always flipped the board, because... Anyways, um, so we were talking about Brenda as a foil, as kind of a foil for Alice. Yeah, and I think that there is something about the way that Brenda, Brenda's a leader. She is fairly brave. Mm-hmm. She like goes out to try and save the kid, right? Who's yelling, "Help me! Help me!" <laughs> yeah. Like, Who the, where's the kid? <laughs> like, yeah, where did what, the kid come we, exactly. From? Um, and she is altruistic, and she's a leader. And so when she dies, I was like, "God damn it!" And we're stuck with Alice. Yeah, you know. But th- I think that that's something that maybe now maybe on this side of it, maybe it's like, well. We can't all be Brenda. We can't all be the smart, self-possessed, or we don't necessarily think of ourselves as the Brenda. Yeah. Sometimes we think of ourselves as the Alice, like the unsure, lost, maybe staying for the wrong reasons, and the Alice can still survive. Yeah, the Alice t- can still survive, and even though I think she lacks the Brenda's confidence... Well, I mean, hell, maybe the reason she comes across as lacking Brenda's confidence is like she has come there because she's actively trying to work through some stuff. Yeah. We don't really learn that about any of the other characters. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why Alice is our our final girl. Mm -hmm. You know, she's got, I think the final girl. Yeah, she's got complications. She's got baggage. So even, and that makes me naturally think about about Halloween. I don't want to get off track. But you know, Lori's mm-hmm. is troubled. I mean, she she I think she's self I think she she knows who she is, but she's also feels like she doesn't fit in anyway. We right, could get yeah. off track, but you know, so we don't I mean, it, oh, it's so hard especially, you know, we're two women doing this show. Most, you know, all of our letters to this point have come from women. We certainly don't want to um you know, get hung up on like ability, mm-hmm. you know, how, what's a woman supposed to be like and that kind of thing. Ugh. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. We just, we both felt the same way about, about, uh, about the characters, you know, in the, in Friday the 13th. And we I, had a lot of the same reactions. And, but. you know, now that, now that we're talking about it and trying to work through it, I don't know that we were supposed to like Alice very much. That's a really good, that's a really good point. That, like, maybe Alice survives because she's willing to go through the struggle. Yeah, because she does, I mean, she has decided to give it one more week. So that, that's when, in very early, you know, early on in that opening scene where she and Steve are talking. He's like, hey, give it another week. If you, if you still want to leave, I'll put you on the bus myself. And she's like, okay, it's a deal. It's mm-hmm. a deal. Um, this is now, okay, this is interesting. When I think about Janie's letter, when I think about Janie's parents and probably other people in her life, 
much like Steve talking to to Alice, it's like, hey, just can you just just wait? Mm-hmm. Can you just wait? Don't don't make a big move. Don't make a big change. Don't rush into anything. Can just mm-hmm. can just wait and give it a little bit more time. And if after this period of time you still feel the same way, then then okay. Right. Then and I, you know, I I don't necessarily oppose <laughs> that. That can be really good advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That can be really good advice uh, as well. Yeah, <laughs> and like testing things or giving like a test pilot run uh, something instead of like jumping in whole hog and then being overwhelmed and then disappointed and then having to give up. And I think that, you know, the idea for Alice is that, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go West and pursue art, right? Well, I think that what adults say is, you know, this may be something, this may be a decision that you'll regret or uh, what if it doesn't work out? And young people or people who have a dream don't want to hear that because it sounds like don't do it. Yeah. But I think maybe what it kind of means and that... uh, people don't know how to say is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Which actually in the kitchen, there's this giant thing of eggs and like, okay, whatever. (laughs) That's amazing. I never noticed. And they all put their eggs in that camp basket. Well, I never see this is why this is, and this is why like us doing this together is so great is we I've watched these movies a freaking bazillion yep, yep. times, mm-hmm. and you always notice things that I, I that I don't that I don't notice. So Max and I are really bad about like when we're in the middle of a movie, we may not catch all the dialogue, but we'll definitely see things in the background. Um, so <laughs> when Alice. Goes in to make some tea. And like Max and I are enjoying a couple of glasses of wine while we're watching this. And Max is getting, he knows, he sees that I'm taking notes for the show. And he's like getting loose, right? (laughs) And we both, like Alice goes in to make a glass of tea. And a glass of tea. A, a cup of tea. Cup, yeah, cup whatever. Tea. A cup, cup of tea. Um, and she, like, puts this gigantic kettle on the, <laughs> on, this gigantic kettle on the stove and, like, does the old-fashioned lighting a match to light, light the um, burner. And Max goes, look at the size of that kettle! <laughs> Which is not wrong. It's a huge kettle. There's a huge basket of eggs. And I know that they're like getting ready to feed 50 kids. But also like 
But, but also, this is like the size of this is what, you know, the witch and Hansel and Kretel might have cooked the children <laughs> right, in. Exactly. You know, but, you know, she's going to make a shit ton of tea, I yeah. guess, you know. And then Alice even uses the frying pan as a weapon. As a weapon. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, that goodness. Interesting. I mean, yeah. there's there's probably a whole bunch to unpack about the feminism of a lot of their fighting happening in the kitchen. And Excellent point. Excellent um, point. And I thought, you know... Um, I thought that you know we're there's a there there are there are other things with there are other characters with Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, a major other character mm-hmm. that we can touch on. We, uh, which is of course Mrs. Voorhees. Mm-hmm. So I bring up Mrs. Voorhees because. Uh, when I think, when I think about Alice, when I think about her coping, I think about Janie's letter, Mm -hmm. I I think about like, you know, how you respond, how you respond to, to, to difficulties, right? Mm -hmm. So Mrs. Voorhees, I mean, we, we, we're like, we don't care about spoilers. Yeah, sorry. So... While the description, yeah. While so. all of the, while while the subs in the subsequent Friday the Thirteenth film, Friday the Thirteenth films, Jason is the killer. In Friday the Thirteenth, it is Mrs. Voorhees. Mrs. Voorhees is Jason's mother. Mm-hmm. Jason drowned at the camp as a child. Nineteen fifty-six. Oh no, fifty-seven. Yeah. Uh, because. The counselors were having sex. He was left unattended. He wasn't a good swimmer. Mm-hmm. He drowned in the lake. Mrs. Voorhees was the, was the cook. She was the, maybe that's why Annie gets killed first. It's like, man, your ass is going down. I'm killing the cook. You know, yeah. I was the cook. Yeah. Um, that's so, a little self hatred. It really like, ew. Yeah, like it really. I is. couldn't save him. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So, so this is, this is, um, this drives, this drives, you know, in her grief, mm-hmm. th- this drives Mrs. Voorhees, um, grief and a little bit of insanity, grief too. and insanity. Yeah. Let's just not purely that's, and that's what, you know, kind of the, 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 the next thread of the discussion is how you respond mm-hmm. to problems, how you respond, um, you know, mur- you know, let's murder is not a good coping mechanism. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it shouldn't not. have to. We shouldn't have to say it, but <laughs> also, I mean, maybe more people should be saying it <laughs> that, yeah. because it. I mean, ugh. oh gosh, womp, womp. wars, yeah. politics, Mass violent shootings, violence yeah. is not a good coping mechanism. Violence just isn't a good coping mechanism at all. It isn't, but I think I think it, it links back to what we were talking about. Like, how do you? How do you how do you respond to problems? Mm-hmm. Um, how this whole notion of of how you respond to them and when you respond to them and doing so before they become really outsized problems mm-hmm. so that the nature of your response doesn't you don't feel like in turn it has to be an outsized res- response right. as well right um i think that's it makes me want to talk like 
I think about risk aversion. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to, like, talk too much about the corporate world. But but this is also true for people. Mm-hmm. Is like, you know, fear drives a lot of avoidance. Yes. So you're afraid to tackle a problem. Right. So instead of tackling it, you avoid it, you avoid it, you avoid it. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you can get to the point where it seems like then the only solution to the problem is some equally large response. Right. And... Because it's it's huge in your head. Yeah. But if you were to take yourself outside of that, is it that huge? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the death of a son... Yes. ...of a child is huge. But Mrs. Voorhees' response, which is... A double murder a year after, and then six murders 20 years after, yeah. or whatever it and is. And I always wondered if she was responsible for poisoning the water, because, you know, one of the issues was the water went bad. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it seemed like, I mean, there was like a couple, you know, basically like almost a couple of decades where really not, nothing happened, or mm-hmm. like 15 years. But the, the, oh, here's another thing. So... Steve Christie starts work, working on the camp. Mm-hmm. It, it's a trigger. It's, it, it, I, I'm, that's what I always assume, that it was like, well, and, and even Mrs. Voorhees says at the end, it's like, why, why are, do they have to reopen this place? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Because that is re... So I mean, dredging up her grief. Yeah, again. dredging yeah. up her grief again. Um, and I think that... I mean, Miss Voorhees has a whole slew of bad coping mechanisms. Yeah. So if Alice, as our final girl, is our, like, these are the good ways to deal with things uh, example, right? She's trying to stay around for a little while, but she's not giving up on her dream. Um, she... <laughs> Even even the the way that she deals with Mrs. Voorhees when she's interacting with her, um, and Mrs. Voorhees, on the other hand, is gaslighting her and saying, you yeah. know, so young, so pretty, we can go now, you know, and that she is, Mrs. Voorhees is so consumed with her own grief and her own idea of how that should be dealt with that she is uh, negatively manipulative and obviously, you know, a a psycho killer. Right. Yeah. Um, And then is that a, is that even, that's not a Yeah. Run Alice. Run, 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 run. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But then Alice on the other hand is like, you know, she hides in the closet in the pantry and she's going to, um, separate herself and just take care of herself. She's not like her her first instinct is survival. Yeah. Um, and self protection. Um, even hide. I mean, you hide. Yeah, you, you know, hide. hide. Or when she runs down to the lake, you know, it 
God, I was like, come on, why didn't you just do that in the first place? Why didn't you just go out into the center of the lake? And Yeah, it makes me, oh my gosh, it, like this could trigger a whole discussion about like the sequence of coping mechanisms mm -hmm. within horror, within life, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. that's how we roll. We're linking them here mm -hmm. is, you know, get away, hide uh, your inclination to run away and hide may be to to do that in a more enclosed space mm -hmm. you're creating a false sense of safety mm -hmm. by making your environment smaller maybe mm -hmm. there's something to do with that but you always like i i have always my husband can i've always told my my husband can i say this like i would probably never have the guts to do this mm -hmm. but i'm like if we i have always said if it's ever clear that there's somebody outside and they want to get in this house, meet them at the fucking door. Mm -hmm. That's the solution. Don't run to the bedroom. Don't, but the, but the, but I know that the immediate response is like run to the, the room that feels safest to you, mm -hmm. the, the most interior, the one mm -hmm. where it's your space. But it's like, but no, it's not a tornado. Them. It's not a tornado. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Meet them at the door, mm -hmm. you know, which is kind of like, a metaphor for sort of like meeting meeting your problems where they are, yeah. Meeting them, dealing with them in the environment in which you're in. But you know, I also don't. I mean, you do sometimes just need a freaking change of pace environment. Mm -hmm. You really do because it is a way of jump starting. It's a way. It, it's almost like giving giving your system a shock. Mm -hmm. You introduce mm -hmm. some. You introduce external changes so that you can have some sort of um, maybe cleaner palette mm -hmm. for working through. Because when, when you're really going through a lot of stuff, everything in your environment is a reminder and a reinforcement mm -hmm. of that, that you want change, you're, right. that you want something to change. So, right. Just like Mrs. Voorhees, she's still in that town. She is. Years later, Get she's out of there. still in that town making sure that nobody opens up that camp again. Well, Mrs. Yeah. Voorhees, maybe you should go out west to Taos or something and, yes. you know, learn pottery. Come on, lady. Like, the reason... <laughs> and... <clears throat> She not only, to deal with her grief, she is not only taking it out on the people in the camp, but she has also got this, it comes out kind of weirdly, in. but she's taking on Jason's voice and doing the little kid voice. And in her head, Jason's telling her, her to kill them. Yeah. What? And I wrote this down. She, Jason goes, kill them, mommy, kill them. And she goes... I am Jason. I am. And I was like, I am Jason. Oh my God. And like, yeah. you know, she reveals Jason. it. I, I am. Yeah, yeah. Like not just, I am going to kill them, but I am you and I am going to have revenge for you. And like, yeah. that ain't healthy, honey. No. Like, no, 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 no. I mean, it's hard enough to be an approaching middle-aged woman in this world. <laughs> no. You know, you gotta try to be you. Yeah, don't be, don't, don't be, be your channeling. Seven -year -old son. Yeah, don't be channeling. <laughs> don't be channeling. No, uh, uh. So, you think we're close to wrapping up? I think so. I think that we. 
For Alice, uh, and when you were talking about um, uh, finding safety, Alice tries to find safety in the canoe, and then she seems to have, okay, I, I like, we're getting short on time, but um, I got to say that Friday the 13th is one of the very first horror films that I ever saw when I was about 14 years okay, old. Okay, that's cool. And, uh, I mean, I guess I had seen, like, I had seen one called, like, Return to Horror High, which is mm. amazing. <laughs> have you seen this movie? I have not. Oh, we should watch it. Okay, we need to um, do that. And then I... It's called Return to Horror High, but it is the only movie. It's not a like <laughs> second in the sequel. And then I had seen Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Friday the 13th, I had seen just the ending of it. So like just the dock and canoe scenes. Okay. But I was over at some people's houses and I was like 14 years old and hadn't ever watched horror movies before. And so I was Mm -hmm. terrified of it. And so I didn't really see the movie. Yeah. When I saw it this time, it was not nearly as scary. Yeah. Um, Until last night when I got up in the middle of the night to go pee and the (laughs) uh, shower curtain door was, or shower curtain was closed. And I was like, came back to bed and I was like, Max, I didn't think that Friday the 13th had gotten into my head until I went to pee in the dark with the shower curtain closed. And he was like, okay, honey. <laughs> I, I felt exactly the same way. I think it was Friday the 13th. I think my husband, Ken, was gone camping. Mm-hmm. And I had watched one and two. And I was like, and I was like live tweeting. Mm-hmm. I was tweeting, you know, with, with Mutant Fam. And um, I think I remember tweeting that it was like, I literally wasn't scared until I knew it was time to go to bed. Right. And then it's like, I'm in the house alone. I ended up sleeping on the couch. Oh, no. Because I didn't want to be in the interior room. Right. I'm like, I'm going to be by this door, damn yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, meet him at the yeah, door. Meet him at the door. So I had a c- couple other, like, kind of closing thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, one was... So, I mean, we've talked about, you know, you know, running from your problems. Is it really running from your problems? Change of environment can help. You know, Janie, I mean, we don't know, I, we don't know how old Janie is, but just based on the nature of her letter, I mean, I would guess that she's, you know, early 20s, mm-hmm. maybe late teens, early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, there there's just that time where you do you do go out on your own and you and you have a lot to figure out right now there's a lot of there's a lot of joy and excitement and there's a lot there's a whole new set of Mm -hmm. things and that whole new set of things to think about it just it made me I've been thinking a lot lately about how we're always like calibrated to whatever our present situation is the pro- our problems are generally reflective of and what we are focusing on of of the circumstances of our life and i know that sounds obvious but like if you have a job your problems don't center around your job around having a job mm-hmm. they don't center around how you're going to 
you know, pay for things, pay for yeah. things where you're going to live. So then your 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 focus becomes m- more on you know re- relate. I mean, it's not like. It's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That it is so funny you say exactly. It you're you are the nature of your problems is reflective of kind of where you Mm -hmm. sort of have the where you may or may not have the luxury to be Mm -hmm. and to see that vacuum. Yeah, yeah. So I think that a lot of times our problem problem problems in some ways can be. They're always relative in mm-hmm. a way. They're always they're always relative, which I think can help to make them smaller. It can mm-hmm. help because you know any one of us at any given time can be pick can something can happen that could have the effect of literally picking us up out of the life that that we know. And putting us in a very different place, mm-hmm. and and then all of a sudden, that's every everything else that that was a problem shifts to whatever the new circumstances are. So, I think that yeah, it's just this. It just kind of goes back to the adage of just tr- trying to keep things in perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for Janie, like the real question here is, do I want to figure it out on my own or what? Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're reaching out for help means that, you know, yeah, you do want to figure it out, but maybe you want some guidance. Yeah. And as much as we don't want to listen to the adults that are in that corner store, as much as Annie's like, Oh, you know, I'm not afraid of ghosts or, wow, the power just went out in the house. Okay. Yeah, fortunately, we're doing this on your phone. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, there's no reason for that either. It's no, just, you know. It's, it's a perfectly beautiful day. Oh, my God. Sh- oh, dun, dun, dun. Stop it. Oh, my God. Stop it. <laughs> they cut the killer cut the power. Stop. The ki- okay. He did. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. <laughs> now I'm freaked out. Um, but uh, as much as you don't want to listen to the adults in the room, maybe have a little bit of openness to like, okay, they may have a point and God, how, how much of a grown ass person am I that I'm like, listen to your parents. But like, <laughs> I'm saying if you want If you're asking for advice, the advice may not come in the format that you prefer it. Yes. And recognize the fact that if, if someone else, and this is just to help every, all, all of us can learn from this. And if you're hearing advice and you can imagine you're, you're not liking the particular you're not liking it. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're not liking in particular where it's coming from. A parent, a partner, a, mm-hmm. a, 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 a wiser older friend, yeah. A, yeah. a creepy uh, whoever. Like Ralph the, Ralph. the crazy guy. <laughs> you're doomed, you're all doomed. <laughs> they call it camp blood. <laughs> <laughs> he was, you know, he's not he wrong. Was wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> um, uh, 
can you imagine if those same words and that same advice were literally coming from someone else? Or if you can imagine that you were giving that advice to someone else, uh-huh. um, you know, we're as wise and as dumb as our as we allow our it all it all yep. it's like where we put ourselves on the board, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and where we can. Um, but yeah, I think um, I mean, you know, Janie, we completely support you we're very proud of you the lights just came back on yep Janie the lights will always come back on (laughs) so really really proud of you as you embark on the next phase in your life one that is going to offer one that is is going to offer a lot more independence is going to offer a lot more independence, a lot more responsibility. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, just just know that you're going to make it. And if, you know, you use everything that life is presenting mm-hmm. to you in terms of what you can learn and how you can have fun and... Right. And... Um, and it's okay to be scared. Maybe yeah. maybe that's the story between Brenda and Alice. And Mrs. Voorhees. Right. That it's okay to be scared like Alice. Because sometimes that fear tells you where there are little things, yeah. right? That you should be paying attention to. And it's okay to be strong and knowledgeable like Brenda, but that's not everything. Yeah. And But don't. Be like Mrs. Voorhees and yeah. don't don't start killing people. Yeah, just just don't do that. Like, no, yeah, no. yeah. So I mean, I guess that's our prescription for the week. Don't start killing people. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so can we uh, just do a little disclaimer really quick? We are not medical professionals if you are having a really tough time find someone to talk to there are um hotlines and people care and it uh absolutely this too shall pass this too shall pass we are not certified therapists we are certifiable (laughs) but we are not certified therapists but this is think of this as like there's think of this as peer counseling there's a concept called peer counseling where you know people who you know we've all been through the shit we can act in in those supportive roles to one another and that is that's what we're here to do, right, Final Girl? Yes, Final Girl. Well, it was lovely as always. Thank you guys for tuning in. Janie, stay strong. Yeah, and, and stay alive. Stay alive. <laughs> stay alive, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, Final Girls, Final Boys, and Final Non-Binaries. Tamara and I are honored to be your dear Abbies of Horror, but that's all we are. People struggling just like you. We're not professionals. If you're in crisis, please reach out. We like to promote the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at suicidepreventionlifeline.org, phone number 1-800-273-8255. There's an online chat, and they're even on Twitter. Their profile is The Lifeline, and the handle is at 800-273-TALK. The Lifeline isn't just for life-threatening situations. 
It's free and confidential support for anyone who needs it at any time for any reason. Just know you're not alone. Tam and I wouldn't be doing this podcast if we hadn't been there too. Take care.